Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today is a day that is often celebrated as Good Shepherd Sunday. And you can tell that based on the readings that have talked about sheep and shepherds. And when we hear the gospel reading, these words from Jesus are ones you've probably heard a number of times, whether it's in church or in a Bible study. And so today, I wanted to not just have you hear that Jesus is the good shepherd and we're the sheep, because you already know that. And in case you didn't, Jesus is the good shepherd and we're the sheep. And as we go on, I want you to think about where you are in all of this. Jesus is the shepherd who cares for the sheep. And if you didn't know it, sheep are stupid. They wander off. They get lost because they're stupid. They need around-the-clock care because they're stupid. And so if Jesus is our shepherd and we are his sheep, that means I am stupid. And you are right. Now, just remember, I didn't call you that. You said it yourself. I am a stupid sheep because I'm a sinner. Imagine it like this. The shepherd takes us out to graze in green pastures. And if we have the choice of staying close to the shepherd and following him, or, well, you see that grass over there? It's always greener over there on the other side, where those other sheep are. I don't even know who they are, but they belong to a different shepherd. Not my shepherd, mind you, but I want what those sheep have. It doesn't matter what it is, and so I'll go over there. It could turn out that those sheep and shepherd were fake, and it was actually a wolf waiting to devour me. Or maybe over in that grass, there is no shepherd and sheep. It's just grass. And so I go eat that grass. Oh, and that grass even farther away. Well, I'm going to go check on that grass. Until when I turn around, I don't see the other sheep or the shepherd. Or maybe I go up to check that other grass. And then the shepherd calls to me. And I just choose to ignore him because I'm more concerned with grass rather than hearing the shepherd's voice. As a sheep, I'm stupid because of sin. Here's the reality. The grass seems greener on the other side because our sinful mind tells us it is. Because here, close to the shepherd in God's loving arms, we feel restricted. We have all these rules, the commands that God has given us. Don't put any other things before God, like money and stuff. Don't take his name in vain, even if it's in the shelter of your own car. Don't murder, even if it's thinking bad thoughts about someone else. Don't commit adultery, even if it's looking at someone else in a lustful manner. And the list goes on and on, and we see these commands which, of course, are for our benefit. But we see these commands as the fence that God has put around us to keep us from having fun, to keep us from having freedom. 
and the fence just seems too tight to how we'd like to roam. That's what sin tells us. And so over there, over there is a field with no fences, no rules, and it seems like a great life. Or there's a a different shepherd there that calls us to roam freely with all the other sheep. And he tells us that he's not really a shepherd like ours because he's going to let us do whatever we want. He's not going to stop us from doing things the other shepherd doesn't let us do. That other shepherd in that other field is Satan, by the way. A wolf in sheep's clothing or I guess, a wolf in shepherd's clothing. Or there's the fact that sin causes us to stop listening to the true shepherd. And so God calls us back to himself, but we don't hear him or we choose to ignore him because we like this life over here without restrictions. Either way, in any of those scenarios, which are real scenarios for us who are sheep and Jesus who is the good shepherd, Any time we give into sin and temptation, we are choosing to live in a field that only brings about death. That's what James writes about in chapter 1. He says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Sin leads to death. And any time we leave the safety of the good shepherd, we are walking the path that leads to death. And the death that we deserve for our sin isn't just physical death. It's eternal death. It's hell. Which is exactly where that wolf in shepherd's clothing, the devil, wants you to be. Because that is where he is. Those are the scenarios for the sheep who are close to the shepherd, those who are the sheep who belong to the shepherd. We would call them believers. However, they are not the only sheep in the story because Jesus will tell us, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. These sheep are also believers. Do you know why? Because they'll listen to Jesus' voice. When we look at this verse through a lens like Matthew chapter 15, where Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, we could say that the sheep that are not of Jesus' fold are the Gentiles, because they're not the people of Israel, God's chosen people. Paul would confirm that for us in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, where he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, the Gentile. Jesus is telling us that he will not only call the Jews to be his sheep, he will also call the Gentiles to be his sheep. So there will only be one flock, the flock of Christ. That's not the sheep I want to talk about in the story, though. I want to talk about the sheep that are not mentioned. I want to talk about the lost sheep. Jesus doesn't talk about them here, but he does in Luke chapter 15. 
where he says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? He talks about the lost sheep. Who are the lost sheep? Well, they could be those sheep that wander off, that fall away from the shepherd that I mentioned earlier. So that could be me. It could be you. I think there are other lost sheep too. There are sheep that are really wolves in sheep's clothing. And there are also sheep in the sheep pen that aren't true sheep, whether they know it or not. Even wolves in sheep's clothing will still listen and follow the shepherd's voice because they want all the other sheep that they intend to destroy to think that they're a part of the flock. Lost sheep that are still a part of the flock will try and tear the flock apart and turn the sheep against the shepherd. These sheep are lost in a different way. So what defines a lost sheep? Well, I think we can find that answer in Jesus' parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15. He ends with this. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. The conclusion that I would reach is that a lost sheep is an unrepentant sheep. So whether that is a sheep that has wandered off or a sheep that looks like a sheep but isn't a true sheep, it's unrepentant and has turned away from the faith. Those lost sheep are always the concern for Jesus. Lost out in the field somewhere, or those sheep that don't know they're lost, or the sheep who know they're lost and want all the other sheep to be lost too. In our sin, we are all lost. In our unrepentance and unbelief, we are lost. And if we continue in our lostness, only death and destruction await us. Jesus doesn't want the lost to stay lost. That's why he goes and searches for them. He calls out to them. Only when he finds that sheep and brings it home is there rejoicing. Only when the lost sheep repents is there joy for the shepherd. I've been there. I've been one of those lost sheep that didn't know they were lost. I've also been the lost sheep that's wandered off and intentionally stopped listening to the shepherd's call, the shepherd's very distinct voice. That's what happens every time I sin. Yet Jesus still searches for me. And he still searches for you. He will do all that he can for his sheep, even if it means dying for them. And that is exactly what Jesus did. He isn't just the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. He is the one who created the sheep. He is the one who called the sheep into his care. He is the one that established the time and place that you would live as his sheep. He is the one who will search for you when you are lost. He is the one who will never stop looking for you when you are lost. He will not give up on you. He is the one who will bring you back to the flock and celebrate with you and everyone else how you were lost and he found you. 
He is the one who will go find you again and again and again and bring you back into his loving arms to lead you to repentance, to lead you to forgiveness, life, and salvation. Jesus died on the cross as the good shepherd. He gave his life for us. As Peter says in Acts 4, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And Christ is the cornerstone because he rose from the dead, giving us the promise of eternal life, as Peter goes on to say in Acts 4. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The good shepherd does all of this for his sheep because he loves them. Jesus, the good shepherd, loves you, and he has called you to be his sheep. When the wolf came to attack you, he stepped in to defeat it. When you were lost, he found you. When you were dead in your trespasses and sins, he brought you back to life. Because that is what a sacrificial, loving shepherd does. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our good shepherd. Amen.